Welcome to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. I'm Liza Berger, editor of McKnight's Home Care. The firm Laguna is drawing eyeballs for its high-tech approach to managing hospital transitions to home. Yoni Stein, CEO and co-founder of the AI-powered solution, talked to me about how his company is changing the home care game and what the future Thank of healthcare you so much for joining for me today, Yoni. Like his. Thank you for having me, Liza. The home care space seems to be so much bigger now with technology companies like yours entering this ecosystem. Tell us briefly about what Laguna Health does and how it affects the home care field. Absolutely. So Laguna is an AI-powered contextual care management solution specifically focused on acute transitions, which is a healthcare speak, if you will, for going through surgery and hospitalization and finding yourself often at home. These members move from a a site of care that is very biologically oriented to their home environment more often than not, that is not as sterile, if you will, as the hospital and life gets in the way. That transition is often quite scary and daunting and stressful, emotionally speaking, and that makes it extremely difficult for them to ultimately adhere and comply with clinical guidelines, additional instructions which results in poor outcomes for them, providers, and payers, and the ecosystem at large. And that is very much the people we're helping. And the way we're helping them is not unlike Google Maps or ways helping us navigate by noticing our progress and everyone else around us were, and then rerouting us dynamically in real time. We're doing that for care planning for people in the home by leveraging natural language processing, which is a bit of a mouthful, if you will, but essentially we're able to capture all engagement with the members uh, across telephonic modality, SMS, chat, digital app, caregiver, home health, there's a whole spectrum, and glean from that what is happening with members and modify care plans in real time for any and all barriers that may face them. And that has been proven in multiple trials and working with providers and plans to drive far superior engagement outcomes, cost, and labor efficiencies. Mm -hmm. Can you give a specific example of how your company works? Maybe with one person who is leaving the hospital, an older woman, for example, go from there. What do you do for her? Absolutely. So we actually start before the older woman leaves the hospital because actually now you can what's known as engage upstream at the moment of admission or actually pre-admission for anything that is scheduled or elective. Think about a hip and knee uh, type of surgery. But to your point about an older woman, caller Jane, that is going through a CHF event that would usually then be an ED type of event, we will be notified at that moment in time will be able to reach out. We usually start the interaction telephonically, be it via SMS or a telephone. And usually our platform empowers the care manager to make that outreach. Most of it is now fully automatic. And to that, I'll kind of make a quick side comment. This is a very exciting time for us with the ease of access to LLMs or large language model that enable any and all member engagement to be done quite automatically, empathetically, and effectively. But so at that point, the goal is truly to support the member through the acute event and then the, if you will, soft landing and recovery challenges in the weeks and months thereafter in the home. 
And mind you, there's an interesting kind of side of care distribution on people's transitions from hospital to the home. We talked briefly about hospice before we started the podcast. That is thankfully the minority. There's more and more SNF and home health, and most people go to what's known as home self-care, truly on their own, armed, quote unquote, with discharge summaries. And that's about it, kind of some care management support. And I would say the more, quote unquote, alone they are, the more effective the intervention is. Or by as far as intervention specifically, our model is able to understand from the engagement what are some of the medical and contextual barriers. To give you a few examples to kind of Jane's CHF journey, uh, post-acute pain presents itself often, emotional response to recovery, worry and sadness, loss of income. There's a whole blue of them, but essentially just being able to identify them enables us in real time, modify the workflow for the care manager and the member that takes into account some of these individual barriers and drives better engagement and better outcomes. To what extent then are you working with home care agencies on this journey with the patient? Home care agencies are certainly in scope of what we do. They're often the professional caregiver. Not only that, we recently actually developed a caregiver companion app most people rely on a certain caregiver. It could be parent, sibling, child, or for some, to kind of the older lady example, it could be a professional caregiver, not unlike a home health. That enables us to capture the interaction with them and take that into account into that dynamic care planning. With them, essentially, as one of the stakeholders, we call it a care circle in our platform, in and around the member that is certainly at the center. Mm -hmm. And to what extent are you working with Medicare Advantage plans? Because this sounds like something that they would be very interested in, given all the data that you're able to generate. I think you're spot on, Liza. I will say this is not only a Medicare problem or opportunity. And I say that to say that we've demonstrated across conditions and across age groups, both engagement, both digital adoption, and of course, most importantly, effective impact across all age groups. I think certainly for older population, admissions are higher, readmissions are higher, and challenges are more expensive and consequential, if you will. So we're able to demonstrate all of that in Medicare population as well. And in fact, in the Journal of Healthcare Management randomized clinical trial that we published, over 50% of the population that was part of the trial that included hundreds and hundreds of patients, they were Medicare patients. Mm -hmm. Do you consider your company to be an acute care company, a home care company, or just something new and different that's it's now <laughs> being developed? One of each, I think, is uh, what people say in restaurants, but just specifically I think it's a bit of a mix and probably the deepest anchor that we have is being a technology enabling company and AI powered contextual care management solution for many entry points into care management around acute transitions. Those entry points, and I think you could have knocked the right in the center, right? It could be the plan, could be the MA plan, it could be the post-acute company, and the list goes on. I think all of them are very much focused on the member, on the patient going through the journey. 
and having those care management challenges. And when I say care management challenges, is both having a gap from a financial standpoint, as in recognizing that this population is not managed as well as it should. And then number two, understanding that some of the technology solutions that are available to them may not be the best, the modern, if you will, for the job. I think for us, that's certainly the lights go off when we see customers of those side, because for them, we believe we can help tremendously. Mm -hmm. And we've demonstrated that. So what does a successful outcome look like for you and your company for this sample patient that we've been talking about? Yeah, I think those multiple success metrics for us that range from engagement in the absence of high engagement, however good your intervention may be, it doesn't matter if people do not partake. And we've demonstrated that to be extremely high. Number two is digital adoption which is really interesting, namely what percent of the member you can move from a purely synchronic telephonic engagement to a digital asynchronic one, much more scalable, much more sticky, much more longitudinal in nature. And then last but not least are more of kind of outcome measures, namely readmission reduction, length of stay reduction, because mind you, this one is to me, at least was not necessarily intuitive and interesting and important, not all the admissions are avoidable. And so the opportunity and the goal is to mitigate the avoidable ones. And then the unavoidable ones, you want to mitigate by having them shorter, cheaper, less acute, mm -hmm. which is easier said than done. And we're able to demonstrate that. We've also been able to demonstrate much higher productivity of care management. So think about the efficiency of that muscle that is operated, be it by the home health agency, post-acute company, plan, et cetera. And of course, it goes without saying, and that's the most important is member satisfaction. We're able to reach an extremely high member satisfaction or CSAT, as it's called, score, mm -hmm. which just goes to show as far as how supported and appreciative members are in this very painful period in their lives. Mm -hmm. Just going back to one point you said, I mean, somebody who is coming out of the hospital and maybe 85, 90, of course, we know that a lot of older people are very adept with technology, but many are not. So to, why should that be a metric for success? You mean engagement or digital adoption? Yeah, I guess digital adoption. Super, super. So it's an excellent nuance. While engagement, the goal is to reach to 100%. I would not claim for a minute and all of that. The goal with digital adoption is, in fact, not necessarily to reach to 100%. Because it turns out as you take a closer look, and age is a parameter, but it's one of many of those tastes and preferences there. We offer three modalities, as it's called, or channels for engagement. One is telephonic. Number two is digital app. Number three is the caregiver companion app. And so I say that to say, for some people, it's only telephonic forever. And it could be age, it could be other reasons that that is why they focus on that. Whereas for some, maybe you and me, it's going to, well, thank you for telephonic. I'll be fine with the app and I'll choose telephonic whenever. And for others, they may be too sick, too frail, too old. To your point, to go either way, by all means, speak to my parent, sibling, child, professional caregiver, and here's the caregiver companion app to get them. And they want to help more often than not. And for over 50% of our members, we demonstrated that the caregiver takes an active role in the journey. Mm -hmm. 
This might not be a fair question because this is not your company, but I can't help but think of Signify Health. That tech enabled more really a home care company that CVS bought. Do you see yeah. parallels with this company and what you do? I'll take the quote unquote unfair question as a huge compliment. I have a ton of respect to Signify that built an amazing company extremely fast with an outstanding outcome. I think Signify is a huge outcome of the last decade of innovation in acute, post acute, and home health continuum of care that predominantly took risk and um, drove home care into the home, knowing that it's a cheaper, more effective, more efficient side of care. What I hope we're doing is building the signified care question of the next decade in driving more scale to that via AI-powered technology that enables us to drive comparable outcomes at a far greater scale and lower cost. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, as you kind of alluded to, Signify is kind of a behemoth in the field. You are somewhat just starting out, aren't you? In May, you raised $15 million in Series A capital. I think this makes you maybe still a startup. So where do you think then healthcare is going in the next five to 10 years? And how is your company going to be driving that change and is going to be a part of that? Absolutely. I think it's a fascinating period in healthcare. You know, COVID brought healthcare into our homes, for better or worse. And I say that both from kind of health biologic standpoint and also as far as us practitioners, entrepreneurs, investors, media, kind of the whole ecosystem, the spotlight has been thrown at us. I think that has been uh, galvanized even more in the midst of an economic slowdown which I think to some extent has taken some of the air out of the balloon, so to speak, and created a much higher burden of proof on us innovators. Because kind of the time of easy, if you will, standards and criteria is certainly behind us. And it seems that between labor shortages, economic slowdowns, macro conditions, and trend increases, that seem to be in the double digit uh, and more range now and going forward, these will be some of the conditions and focal points that will remain in healthcare for the foreseeable future, or however many years that may be. That I think is really interesting as far as the conditions that may be a threat or an opportunity. Depends on the space and depends on the company and entrepreneurs behind it. I think specifically in the context of a discussion, I think all of these trends are very favorable in the home care space. I think that is evident by United making huge moves in the space. And I think it's probably just the beginning. And from that standpoint, I expect to see more and more of these type of investments in the space over the next several years. Mm -hmm. What prompted you to start your company? Unknowingly, as is typical for many digital health founders, a personal story that is not amazing. I say that because misery likes company, they say, and it's unbelievable how many of us digital health entrepreneurs have a certain inflection point in our lives where something happened that pushed us off the stool that we're sitting at and drove us into that field. 
And so my co-founder and I go back and mentioned Microsoft some close to 20 years back. Yael was the co-founder of Vim in healthcare, has been an elite athlete, has been through multiple knee surgeries and knows kind of how these recovery journeys in the home and care management and large works and appreciates from a personal standpoint some of the pain points and opportunities Whereas I left a very cushiony and convenient and amazing job that I had in finance because I lost my mother-in-law post-hospital discharge in the home, which was quite a shocking experience for my partner and I as that was happening and got us and me to reconsider many things in life, in particular, leaving a job in finance and focusing quite deep on this space. Mm-hmm. You've said that your company is the ways of healthcare. And I think you kind of alluded to Google Maps. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. Imagine what took place in the world of kind of modern navigation of the last 20 years. In my honeymoon in 2009, we still printed a map from Google Maps, but it was literally a printed map. And that is how you navigate it with a paper map. But then kind of step one took us to a GPS, which knows where we are, which in healthcare often is known as adherence, as in how do we comply to the scripted pathway. And if we veer off the quote-unquote adherence, it is able to kind of recalculate the route in real time on the fly. And then step two, the Google Maps or Waze, if you will, type of analogy, not only knows where we are, but knows where everyone else is as well. And by doing so, it could foresee essentially traffic, construction hazard and modified care plan even more so dynamically and effectively without changing your destination. If you could have drawn arch from that analogy or that side to what we do, Laguna is doing the same to care management, whereby the destination is the clinical set of instructions. We're certainly not modifying that. It just turns out that your life context, as we call it, that certainly starts Finally, there's quite a bit of attention to social determinants of health, but that is just the beginning because there's certainly other determinants. Some of the most prominent we're actually seeing from a barrier standpoint are emotional ones and behavioral, financial, cultural, et cetera. They get in the way. And if you think about it, that is the traffic analogy that we're able to glean from the member interaction and modify the care pathway dynamically to resolve it, either resolve it or sidestep it to get you to the destination safely on time. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Yoni, how many clients you have now or where you're at in terms of business you have, where you're hoping to go then in the next couple of years? And are you hoping to raise more capital? Yeah. So there's certainly multiple. We started actually in working with providers because one of the first things we wanted to demonstrate is impact. And so we've done clinical studies, randomized clinical studies. Some of them have been published and we have more of them in play. That data and research foundation is core to us. From that, we've evolved to working with a spectrum, I would say, of customers, all very much kind of focused in that transitions from health plans to post-acute companies in that space. And that is very much the growth function of the company. You mentioned fundraising, most of the use of proceeds is targeted at growing both sales and marketing team and specifically our AI product capabilities over the following years. Are you in many states, all states? Do you even quantify that at all? And as you grow your business? 
we do and the beauty is that we're not state concentrated or specific and so in fact we're able to demonstrate over the last year impact across nationally across all states across all age brackets and across all conditions great well this was just a really interesting thoughtful conversation thank you so much for joining me yoni stein of laguna thank you for having me liza Thank you for listening to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in home care news, visit McKnight'sHomeCare.com.